A national media pundit has the Arizona Cardinals as the landing spot for cornerback James Bradbury. I'll talk about it. And Mina Kimes from ESPN joins me for two segments. It's great stuff. You don't want to miss it. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, welcome in, Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Mina Kimes from ESPN at Mina Kimes on Twitter is going to join me for two segments. Recorded the interview a couple days ago. Uh, I kind of wanted to let the schedule release breathe before I posted the interview. It's incredible stuff. She's one of the best in the business. Um, you know, she's very honest about the Arizona Cardinals in the interview. And then, you know, when she's on around the horn and, and, uh, and NFL primetime or NFL live, sorry. Uh, yeah. So you do not want to miss that. That is making up the final two segments. Uh, thanks for making lockdown Cardinals. Your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Bill Barnwell of ESPN, the aforementioned ESPN has James Bradbury's new job as the cornerback of the Arizona Cardinals. Cool. I mean, it's just nice to have the Arizona Cardinals name in national media members' mouths and words when it comes to landing free agents. Because one thing that we've seen is, you know, the arms race, it, it started with the NFC West, really. I think they were like, and this could be, you know, me being geocentric but and division-centric. But it seems like, you know, with Jamal Adams, them trading up for Trey Lance, the 49ers, the Rams doing everything they do, getting Marcus Peters and trading him, then trading for Jalen Ramsey, uh, signing Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle when they were on the tail end of their career, but still big names. Um, you know, the Todd Gurley uh, bringing in Andrew Whitworth and paying him, you know, just feel like that the NFC West was kind of maybe one minimal step ahead of the rest of the NFL when it came to player movement and going for it in trades and free agency. Now it's obviously off the rails. Uh, NFL free agency has now turned into NBA free agency and is trumped has overshadowed NBA free agency, which at one point, probably five or six years ago, eight years ago, nobody would have thought that would ever happen with any sports entity. Um, But now with the player empowerment, wanting money up front, you know, all the things with the wide receivers. Now it's, we we didn't hear a whole lot about the Arizona Cardinals being tied to any big name free agents. And you could use the, Oh, well, they don't like, you know, letting people know what they're doing. Okay. They can play in their treehouse as much as they want in their clubhouse with where, you know, making their, you know, their, their capes out of towels and whatever, like they're seven, but the Cardinals have not been tied to really any free agents. If, if, you know, any more than a blip of, oh, the Cardinals have interest and they're like the eighth team on the list. When you see the Cardinals tied to somebody that the, that they desperately need to bolster their roster. It's cool. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a nice, little, uh, I don't know, sprinkle of sugar on what's been kind of a 
you know, ho-hum offseason. I know bringing back Zach Ertz and and uh, and James Conner were paramount. Like, I'm not, I'm not diminishing those whatsoever, but they haven't really made a splash signing. Uh, and they've needed, I mean, they traded for Hollywood Brown. Okay, got it. Uh, and and they they drafted Trey McBride, signed and drafted Cam Thomas in the third round. Like, it hasn't really been a lot. It hasn't been a lot. With DeAndre Hopkins out for six weeks, I still think that they're going to be in the market for a wide receiver. Uh, so I have Mita Kimes on today. Great interview. I'm going to have Mike Golick Jr., formerly of ESPN, now doing great things elsewhere. Um, the Gojo podcast. I'm going to talk to him about his Stick 6 t-shirts and the, and the, and the charity that's, that's tied to it. I'm going to talk about a, a lot of offensive line stuff with him because I am still in the camp that this offensive line isn't good enough to keep Kyler Murray protected. Like, it's good, but it's not where it needs to be to, to keep Kyler Murray, you know, off the ground and 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 keeping this Arizona Cardinals team moving forward. So I'm going to ask him a lot about that. And then I'm going to do, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to do a real breakdown of the, of the schedule release. I kind of put it on pause because it's saturating everything. I did my regurgitation of words as it was getting released. And I'm like, I don't, I can't pro like my brain, you know, it, it's like, it's like if you're, you're, you know, mom or dad was like, Hey, do you want a full red velvet cake for breakfast? And you're seven years old. Like, I can't process this too much excitement, too many things, too many game plans that need to be made. So I kind of took a beat and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm really going to break down the schedule. I had them going 11 and six before the schedule release. I still do. And this is kind of, the antithesis of what I've been talking about this offseason because this schedule is going to be absolutely brutal. It's going to be brutal. And the it based on last year's win-loss record for these teams is not doing the difficulty of the schedule justice because the entire AFC West got better. All of them. So that would up, I mean, that would up the win percentage of the teams the Cardinals are going to be playing from last year to this year. Uh, I will get into that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mina Kimes from ESPN is going to join me for the next two segments. I recorded this interview on Friday, but I wanted to give, you know, I wanted the schedule release thing to kind of dissipate so this great interview didn't get lost in the fray. Mina Kimes from ESPN joins me for the next two segments. Next, Locked on Cardinals, first betonline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, just a slew of Game 7s. NHL, I think there were seven over the weekend. Just bonkers. Major League Baseball, I wish Major League Baseball, I've talked about this from time to time, especially when I was hosting radio shows. I wish Major League Baseball was my favorite sport. Imagine having 162 times to watch the Cardinals if they're your favorite team. Imagine that. For six months, every day, your favorite team's on TV. And BetOnline.net's got you covered. Um, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second segment here, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Really excited to get this person in to talk Cardinals, NFC West, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, etc. One of the best in the business, Mina Kimes. That Mina Kimes on Twitter. 
um, NFL all over the place at ESPN. Mina, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, let's get down to brass tacks first. How does it feel to be the second most important Kimes Twitter follow in your family? Um, it feels, it feels okay. You know, I, I, my mom's always been kind of the star of our family. People just didn't know it yet. So I'm happy that the world has discovered her. I mean, that's good. That's on record now, uh, in perpetuity. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, I've been going back and forth. Let's start with Cliff Kingsbury, you know, Kyler Murray versus the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm in the camp that he's kind of outgrown his agent and, in the new day and age of, you know, 2022, where everything is, uh, dis, you know, discussed via social media, et cetera, the Arizona Cardinals are in, you know, the Mesozoic era when it comes to contract negotiations. If you're in a courtroom and you've got, I don't know, you know, Dr. Carville and Will Ferrell from old school on either side, or, um, you know, which side do you want? Are you on Kyler Murray's side? <laughs> are you on the Arizona Cardinals side? Well, um, I would say like, okay, so it, 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 with regards to Kyler's contract, right, which is ultimately what this is about, um, I I can see why he's kind of agitating at the moment. I also can kind of see how he, I, he hasn't articulated this, but probably has had some frustration with decisions made uh, by both Cliff and Steve Kime that we can talk about. But I can also see why the Cardinals would have some um, – hesitance about doing the contract now you know in, in recent years we have seen a lot of teams that give their first round draft pick quarterbacks early contracts of course Jared Goff and Carson Wentz come to mind um come to regret it right and and you know even when they do drag it out like the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott it usually seems to work out in the end um I think the the relief that Cardinals fans can have in all of this is it does just seem to be about the money. I mean, I know I said that he probably has some frustration. I'm just speculating there, no information, but um, you know, around the league, we've seen so many big name quarterbacks and wide receivers agitating to leave um, demanding trades, not demanding trades, but actually demanding trades. This doesn't seem to be that like he does seem I could be wrong. I don't know. But he isn't saying he's saying he wants to stay in Arizona. And that usually just means I want to stay, but I want to get paid. Yeah, agreed. Mina Kimes and Mina Kimes on Twitter. All things NFL at ESPN. The Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. New great episode with the person who will be joining Locked on Cardinals tomorrow. Michael Jr. Um, oh, check her out. Yeah, he's I've been trying to get him for a while. And, you know, he's we're going to talk a lot of thick six. I feel like we're going to talk well, a lot. Dude. Fun fact, Mike and I both lived in Arizona. You did? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Dang, I, I went to a junior high and high school in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, That's which awesome. is where, uh, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick is from. That, yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about 20 minutes away from where I'm recording this podcast right now. Oh, cool. Look at this. Real insider info on Lockdown. <laughs> um, contractually speaking, mm. what I've been thinking about with Kyler Murray, et cetera, is look at all the teams that would trade for him tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's not like a bargaining chip per se, because what we've seen over the course of, you know, since like the NBA really started to ruin things for players where it's like Blake Griffin, he got $170 million and you're like, well, Clippers aren't paying the extent of that for the entirety of his contract. We're starting to see with wide receivers, just because your favorite player gets paid by the team that you watch and love the most does not mean by any stretch that that player is going to live out the entirety of the contract with that team. But with Kyler Murray, he's one of the most exciting players to ever 
wear an Arizona Cardinals uniform. He's electrified this city. He's done things for this organization. You know, just they brought him to, he's brought him to a level that they haven't really been talked about uh, in the, you know, in, in the national media as much as, you know, besides the 2015 run and then, you know, the Larry Fitzgerald to the Super Bowl run that Chris Collins were said was, I think he said they're the worst team to ever make the Super Bowl, if I'm quoting that correctly. How important is Kyler Murray to the image and future of this organization where it's like, I know this is about money, but look at all the other teams that would pay him. Why yeah. not just pay him? Well, you're 100% right about what the market for him would look like starting there. Um, I think he's everything. I think if he were to leave, it's really hard to imagine what the future of the franchise looks like unless they happen to, you know, have one of the top four draft picks next year and could grab hilariously like Bryce Young, who is basically Kyle Murray. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I think, but if that's an option, of course, it gets a little bit more interesting, right? Um, but it is very hard to predict those number one picks, especially with all of the teams who are hoping to get in, uh, you know, the 2023 market for uh, college quarterbacks. Um, and, and, you know, so if, even if they did with a, tra- a trade, it would have to be with a team that like sucks, right? <laughs> um, you know, about Kyler and his play, uh, and I guess whether he deserves this, I've been pretty clear talking about the Cardinals over the last year or so that I think Steve Keim has not done a good job as a GM. Candidly, I'll just say, like, I <clears throat> if, um, I think that was my big takeaway on first take, and um, people were surprised. And I was like, how is this surprising to you? Look at all these moves and drafts. And I, I if you throw out the Hopkins pick, which I don't know if that was more about him or about Bill O'Brien getting just absolutely swindled um, collectively, a lot of really, I, you know, I, I just don't really, I, th- I question a lot of the decision-making. And then Cliff Kingsbury, um, you know, I, I would say has outperformed my expectations before he came into the job, but we've seen time and time again, a lack of adaptive adaptivity, pardon me, um, and it, setting aside the in-game decision-making, which drove me crazy for a while. I got a little bit better at, so, you know, you look at those and then you put Kyler's occasional, I don't know, like the lad, the playoff game, right. In perspective or, or relative to those things. And I think you can see why he hasn't always been in, put in a position to succeed. I would say, you know, there are legitimate cr- criticisms um, as to, his ability to overcome those circumstances, being the number one draft picks, being so talented, what people see, you know, on the field from him, he's not like a, you know, the, the go-go guy or whatever. And, and I, I get all that, but I think if you look at the organization and you're ranking the list of problems, if you want to go about it that way, Kyler Murray is extremely low. Can you just say that all again? How's your, <laughs> how's your, uh, how's your photogenic memory? I mean, there are three things that lead to the recession or receding of my hairline. One, it's my mom's dad. Thanks a lot, Papa. I mean, that's the, you know, the thing. And then Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury tied for second. So I'm going to break down a couple of things you said. Um, one, I think what Steve Kime has done in free agency and through trades and drafting Kyler Murray, trading up for Buda Baker has kind of sugarcoated the lack of fat on this roster. I mean, it's been top heavy ever since he's come into the GM ship. Number two, what I say about Cliff Kingsbury is he can put together a great trailer to a movie, but the movie's not always great. Some of his play calling is masterful. It's like, where the hell is this? And then, you know, you get first and goal from the seven, it's two false starts and you're kicking a field goal. Mm -hmm. Um, When they were 10 and two last year, 
It was after they, you know, 7-0, and A.J. Green doesn't turn around on Thursday night football, and then things start to fall off. When they were 10-2, and still through 13 weeks, I think they had their bye week at that point, were you still thinking that this is, you know, fool's gold? Or was there, was there any time last year where you're like, you know what, is this the year that this step gets taken by the Cardinals? I always – you know, it's such a quarterback driven league. And when Kyler Murray was playing at an MVP level, you know, a halfway in the season or whatever, I thought, okay, if he continues playing like this, which is entirely possible, then it doesn't matter what else is going on with the rest of the roster aside from a few key players, obviously losing DeAndre Hopkins kind of just, well, I'll get to that in a second, but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. If you've got one of those dudes, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, you will be competitive. You can, this is a guy, not, Kyler Murray is not a quarterback you win games with. He is a guy you can win games because of, which is a very significant distinction. And there aren't that many quarterbacks in that group. That said, you know, whenever I would express doubt about the team and I did a point during the season, it's because I just felt there was such a lack of depth, lack of depth, pardon me, on the roster. And, you know, it's a long season and things happen and, um, when you have a team that, as you said, is top heavy and then, you know, those pieces are stripped away or something happens, that depth can really come to bite you. And I think obviously that's something we saw, of course, with Hopkins. Um, but there are, there were other places throughout that I felt would be, would be concerning if, you know, players just weren't playing super well or the JJ wall, you know, that all of that. And I think that all kind of came to fruition. That was the first portion of the interview that I did uh, yesterday with Mina Kimes from ESPN. Coming up, we'll finish it up with the final segment and with the second portion of the interview. Uh, great stuff so far from Mina. Um, that's next. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. But first, Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, Bilt Bar, Bilt Bar. They're all chocolate covered, okay? 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar on this limited time flavor with the Bilt's birthday cake puffs i got a box of them they're incredible um if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day that this is what we've got for you imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing there was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein that's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from built bar that i was just talking about i got them i ate one this morning they are incredible it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. All the Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Final segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On Easy Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Jared Goff won because of Sean McVay. Kyler Murray wins in spite of Cliff Kingsbury is, is, another, is another one of my things that I try not to say as much anymore because I do need to give Kyler Murray more criticism. Cliff Kingsbury didn't throw that pick six. He didn't throw yeah. it. He didn't Carson Wentz it in the playoffs. You know, uh, with with the pick six on the goal line. Um, And I feel like that there are players who were drafted by ecosystems that were used to winning, namely Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, who ruined it for everybody. They Mm -hmm. ruined the 
this is a 21 year old kid who's growing up in front of our very eyes, trying to lead an organization that's never really won. That's obviously not the case for uh, Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes. And I throw Russell Wilson in there because if you were to associate with a team, Seattle Se- uh, Seahawks would be the closest who'd you associate. I mean, Russell Wilson walked, and this is not taking anything away from him because I still, still think he's a top five or top six guy. If I had to win one game on a neutral field, I'd still choose Russell Wilson, but he walked into Xanadu yeah. when it came to the defense and Marshawn Lynch and Pete Carroll, you know, stability at that point, John Schneider before he forgot how to draft Kyler. But the, the one thing that's compared com- comparable between the two is the lack of offensive line help during the entirety of his time there. I know they had Dwayne Pratt. Like I know they had guys, yeah. and, but when they traded right when they jumped the shark and traded Max Unger, it's like, well, this is a different NFL. And that's what I'm worried about with Kyler Murray, because even though they're close to the same stature, even though it seems that's, you know, a a statistical impossibility, Kyler Murray doesn't have the ability to Byron left, which it through a half a season with a broken egg. He just doesn't have that is the offensive line. Is that it? Is that what makes the Cardinals go because of everything you just said about Kyler Murray before the downfall last year? Um, I think it's definitely part of it, you know, and, back to the Seahawks, they definitely underinvested, underinvested, pardon me, in the group because of Russell Wilson's elusiveness, pardon me, which I think is, of course, something that translates to a criticism of the Cardinals. Um, But they actually did pick a lot of linemen. They just didn't work out. They were just bad at identifying talent. And I think that would be my concern with Arizona, which is, okay, you've, you know, taken some shots at drafting guys, Um, You know, like we'll see, can Josh Jones crack, you know, the starting lineup, for example, and they've, they did the Rodney Hudson trade, which I, I, you know, as a player, I love, I wish that had worked out better, frankly, just because I, I thought the trade was brilliant. So, you know, I'm, that's me, but then you look at guys like, you know, uh, they signed Will Hernandez, who was not very good in New York. Um, Obviously Humphreys has been good, but like, I, I just, I, I do think that that's an issue. That's, that was probably well, it's hard to say it was the single biggest problem down the stretch because obviously the the Hopkins uh, loss and then the inability to like a- adjust and I think um, or the lack of talent, frankly, beyond it. Like you, the Cardinals wide receiver group had a lot of guys who I thought were really great number threes. Um, like you know, in twenty twenty one, AJ Brown should not be getting that many targets. I love Antoine Wesley, for example. There's a player who I thought, wow, like he, he's doing some stuff. But he should be, you know, at best a number three. Um, obviously, we all know about the Isabella stuff. Ronda Moore, I was kind of disappointed in his performance and usage. So I just think, you know, you look at this team and, and you realize, oh, man, like once you take out one, I keep going back to this, but once you take out a piece, it is rough, you know. And I think we'll see how it goes this year. Obviously, losing Hopkins is absolutely brutal. And that kind of reintroduces the whole challenge to Cliff Kingsbury, who I believe should be on the hot seat, despite the extensions and whatnot, but um, it is a real challenge. I'm, I may have a co-hosting role open. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I've got a list that I have to people that I have to interview. Um, I, you know, Mina, I'll get you out of here on this. Thank you for being so brutally honest about everything. I, I try to bring that. People say, you know, I tell the truth. I, people don't you know i and i i always appreciate the truth it's fine um declining that um well i i, I think i'm being more positive about kyler than a lot yeah. of national media so Agreed. Not Agreed. Agreed. Oh, and that wasn't that wasn't a backhanded compliment by any stretch okay so going into 2022 <laughs> yeah what is like 
the thing that you're going to be most excited to witness the Arizona Cardinals about, like the, the, the thing that you're going to tune in to watch the Cardinals for. So here's an optimistic view, I guess, you know, I, first of all, I think Kyler Murray is absolutely electric and I love watching him play. He's on like my top five, just not best quarterbacks necessarily. Um, but the quarterbacks, I just like watching the most. Um, so in the first half of the season, I want to see if Cliff Kingsbury can make adjustments after losing Hopkins, you know, they're when the, when the suspension was announced, we were on TV and we just kind of reacted to it. And my first thought was like, well, this team just spent their first draft pick on a tight end, the best tight end in the draft. I think um, suddenly I don't, I mean, you follow the car. I can't remember. When was the last time they actually had arguably a tight end duo like this between him and Ertz? So my question is, you know, and then like Max Williams, a great blocker and whatnot. And then I think they signed the guy from the chargers, right. Who's pretty decent. Cliff Kingsbury, like, what you going to do, right? Like you can't do 10 with this group of receivers. You just can't, um, you know, I, I, the, obviously the trade for Marquise Brown made a lot more sense, but like, this is going to be, this should be a very different offense. And then I, I mentioned this on my podcast, but going back to when Cliff Kingsbury came into the league with Kyler 2019, the Arizona run game was significantly better than the passing attack. It, in fact, it was one of the best in the NFL. Um, I, I actually was surprised at how I thought Cliff was actually pretty good as, as a run game designer. So I, I need to see, I want to see creativity from him. I want him to look at the person, like you cannot run back what you did last season with this suspension. You will not survive. So you have to make adjustments. And I do think they have the talent to do so. Agreed. Uh, follower at Mina Kimes on Twitter, the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. You can check out the most recent episode from two days ago with my guest for tomorrow, Mike Dolly Jr. Thick six, the man himself. Um, you know, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, ask Mike about Zateas. That's our favorite chain. That's like only in Arizona. <laughs> can I tell you something? I mean, we've got, to, I worked there for eight years. No, you gotta bring this up to mom. Mike, did you know that Nick Foles' dad founded Zateos? I did. Okay, yeah, that's like my favorite weird NFL trip. Mike, and I served his mom multiple times. Um, oh, yeah. wow. Zateos, yeah, I've gotten so, I've gotten more people inebriated and in Ubers after. Okay, we're not talking drinking and driving. Oh, the prickly I've, pear margs at Zateos. <laughs> we used comes. to go there. Okay, I'll just leave you with this. We used to go there as a family like so often because my dad loved it. And he loved it so much that he actually bought a Zetejas pin. <laughs> those are, those are few, like, that's getting like a Super Bowl ring in the Zetejas world. I mean, that's, those do not get given out. Um, so, you know what, he must be royal. I miss that queso, man. I miss the queso. Me too. My gut doesn't, but um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we're just talking now. Thank you to everybody who makes Lockdown Cardinals your first <laughs> listen each and every day, free and available on our platforms. Again, follow her at Mina Kimes on Twitter. She's all over. Uh, NFL Live is one of the best shows on TV. You guys do. I don't know. Yeah. What, like, it's like, how do I put this? You know, like making the band. It's like, how did that happen? Like it was a, like Rutledge and then Orlovsky with his wild suits and Ryan Clark, a powerful, like I have a man crush on Ryan Clark's ability to do what he does. On awesome. Like, and then, and then, you know, Marcus Spears, like it just, <laughs> you guys, you guys, I mean, it's great. Cause it's, it's the perfect fusion of sports and laughing, which is what, needs to happen now with it. You know, it's, it, it can't just be stats and bats and all this stuff. And you have your time for that. You have your time for ripping each other. I love it. So yeah, oh, check that yeah. out on ESPN. Yeah. So um, nice to meet you. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, 
Mike Golick Jr. tomorrow, thick six. He's going to talk about his charity and his new job at DraftKings. We're going to talk Cardinals as well. Uh, yeah, I'll explain to you locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.